Another big win is Boston College basketball defeats Virginia Tech on Saturday. Women's basketball beats Miami, and men's hockey is still a mess. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. On Saturday, Boston College basketball won their second of three ACC games, defeating Virginia Tech. 68-63 in a very interesting game at Conti Forum. Of course, the big story of this game was James Karnick, who set a career high with 26 points, including scoring his 1,000th point of his college career. Boston College started off slow. It looked like it was going to be a game where the Eagles were going to fall behind and struggle. But again, this team is resilient. They continue to not give up. They continue to claw and fight. And they came back. And it was, you know, a 9-point up to a 13-point deficit. They came back and... Basically, James Carnick did most of it, but they come back and they make it within uh, a shot at halftime. Second half, again, BC just continues to shoot well. They take a lead, and you see Carnick and then Makai Ashton Langford. We'll talk about him in just a moment. But Carnick makes the big shots, and down the stretch, it was other players that were making the big moments. Now, Brevin Galloway was not in this game. He was out because of a knee injury or, you know, probably maintenance of his knee injury. So you didn't get to see him make a big shot. But there were other players on that roster that did big things down the stretch. TJ Bickerstaff had a couple big rebounds and hit a big free throw uh, that Boston College needed to kind of secure the win. And Jaden Zachary had the, probably the play of the game where he made a nice contested backwards layup uh, down the stretch to, to seal the win. Now, as I mentioned before, Karnick had a big game, but it was also a Makai Ashton Langford game. Makai Ashton Langford is averaging almost 20 points a game over the last three games. He has really come in and found himself with this Boston College roster. It's really, really nice because over the last two years, he has really kind of not, you know, you haven't really seen what you were hoping from him. You know, he was kind of sporadic. Um, he kind of, you know, he was rushing his offense. He wasn't finding a shot. Basically, I felt like last season especially, it seemed like, you know, Makai Ashton Langford would just run and then put his head down and try to score. And it would cause lots of offensive fouls, turnovers, just poor play. Not anymore. He's aggressive, but to a it's a controlled aggressiveness, which is good. He's finding his shot. He's shooting from outside. He's all over the place, but in a good way. And especially these last three games, he has really become the leader on that offense, even though Karnick was the leading scorer. Consistently, Makai Ashton Lankford has taken on that role of that go-to score. When I thought all along, it would have ended up as bro- being his brother. Which, according to Karnick after the game, I think some of the players are hoping that uh, DeMar Langford would take more of a role. They're saying, he, he made a joke saying, if you guys see DeMar, tell him to shoot the ball more. Because um, I, I feel like he's a little bit hesitant right now. Uh, but that was I thought that was a funny little joke. Now, Karnick himself. Now, a lot of people, myself included, had to eat a little crow after this game. Even though I put down Karnick as one of my keys of this game. Um, you know, a lot of people have written him off. You know, he was not the biggest, you know, transfer they had last year. He looked overwhelmed in some of those ACC games where some of the other big men were just kind of pushing him around. 
you know, you disappear for long periods of time, you get in a trouble foul. You know, when you have a game like this, when you go out there, and he, the, Virginia Tech had no answer to him. They couldn't stop him. And when you go out there and you do that after, you know, a couple tough games, that shows you what kind of player James Karnick is, right? He's not a perfect player, but he, you know, as you said, every year, every game, it seems like another guy's jumping in to make their move. And as uh, Brevin Galloway called him on on Twitter, Karnick, a.k.a. Captain Canada, has really shut up a lot of haters with a game like this because you win against a 10-7 Virginia Tech team, a team on Ken Palm that was rated 40th in the country. That's a big win. That was a big win at home, and it really starts to build some momentum for this program. That now we're, you know, we're not even into February, and BC already has three ACC wins. This is only about, what, a month and a half into the ACC schedule, and a team that many projected would only win zero one ACC game. I I, have, I admit myself, I didn't expect them to win many, but to have three already, that really shows where this program is going. Now, as I've said all along, you don't need to expect this team, like, like after this game, you know, they may get go out and get blown up by Wake Forest, but then there'll be another good game. That's what you want to see. There's going to be ups, peaks and valleys. You know, Grant has said this all along. He's teaching his team how to win. He's teaching them winning game, like how to win as a team, how to make those winning plays. And you're starting to see more and more of it as BC now has two closing out wins in the last week with the win over Clemson and this win. So, you know, these are games that former BC teams, this BC team would have, you know, let slip away, but they're learning how to win. And this is going to cause some big wins for them. I mean, they've already got, you know, a good win, a win over a decent Clemson team, a good win over Notre Dame, a decent win over Virginia Tech. What else will come for them? Now, they have a quick turnaround because they are playing tonight against Wake Forest. This is a game that was rescheduled because of a COVID pause. Now, originally, BC was supposed to forfeit this game under that stupid COVID rule where, you know, a team that just tests and has positives has to forfeit the game. Um but now they, you know, when the ACC changed their their rules around that, they got B- Wake Forest back on the schedule. So this is, it's a quick turnaround. They're going to have to head down to Winston-Salem on this one. So it's back on the road. For, and they have another road game, I believe, against UNC later on this week, too. So it's going to be a tough little, little stint here. And the health of Brevin Galloway is important. We'll have to see how this team reacts against a Wake Forest team that I believe is 13-4. and four. They are very, very good. They're a very good team. Well coached by Steve Forbes, who was at Middle Tennessee State. Uh, Middle Tennessee, excuse me, but has come to Wake Forest and revitalized a dormant giant. Remember, Wake Forest was a very good team for a while when they had the, you know, the Tim Duncans and Chris Pauls. They've had some really good players go through that program. They hit a, a rough patch like Boston College, but they, I mean, they have they have a, a bigger history. And Forbes is really showcasing that he belongs to be an ACC coach, and he's got a deep team with, you know, they just got another, you know, really good shooter back. Uh, that they didn't expect to play this season, and they're going to be a hard team for BC to face. But I, I, at this point, you know there may be a few blowouts here and there for BC. I don't, I don't rule them out on anything. I wouldn't bet against BC in any of these games because they just seem to be playing with a good chip on their shoulder. They're having fun. You saw, I love watching those after the game um, locker room jam sessions that are or dance sessions they have with Earl Grant. Seems like the the team is really gelled and co- and they're cohesive. It's a fun team, and I think you're going to see more and more attention being paid to them. And it may not be this year, but next year, when they get those three freshmen in there to build off of what they have now, watch out. I think this team's going to be a lot of fun, and Earl Grant really is building something at Boston College. Now, in a moment, 
We're going to talk about two teams heading in the right, in different directions, the women's basketball team and the hockey team. Stay tuned just to hear our, my thoughts on that. Hey, Eagles fans, this is AJ Black with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Just use promo SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, use that promo code SCORE to get 50 cents a gallon on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Let's start talking women's basketball, who are probably the most exciting team Boston College has on campus right now as they are playing out of their minds. Now, women's basketball had a humongous win last week against Notre Dame. Notre Dame was a ranked team. I don't think we got a chance to talk about this on Friday's episode. They, they beat a ranked Notre Dame team, 17th, 19th in the country, 73-71 at home. Huge win. That was the game where Cam Schwartz scored 29 points. They just absolutely shot the lights out, and they got a ranked win. Then on Sunday, they go out and they beat a, a solid Miami team. Miami was right there with them. They were 10-7, and 7, you know, a solid team. And Taylor Soule goes out and scores 20 points. Again, you're seeing uh, Ali Timmerin had uh, 15 points. So again, I've said this all along. This is a team that is is balanced. It's a balanced team. So they don't get the attention of these teams like NC State, Louisville. They have these like high, you know, superstar players that can just take over games. This is a team that has just good talent. Like Cam Schwartz, she's a good scorer. Taylor Soule is just a good physical forward who can do a whole bunch of things. You got Maria Gakdeng, who's an excellent defender, and then you have you know some of these other pieces like Michaela Dickens, a, a three point shooter. Look at where they're at right now. Look at what BC women's basketball has done this season, and you can't help but pay attention. They are 14 and 5. They are 5 and 3 in conference. They are playing the best basketball of their year so far. They are going to be a borderline top 25 team when the polls come out next week. Probably not going to make it, but they'll probably get some votes as well. But what you're going to see is when they start doing the women's, uh, you know, bracketology, they'll be, I'm guessing they're going to either be in there or they're going to be right on the bubble at this point. The 14 and five, I think they're going to be in, but we'll have to wait and see how uh, the, that bracketology shakes out. So again, Joanna McNamee is one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball. She is able to bring in good talent and make them great. Cam Schwartz was not, the superstar that she is right now. I mean, scoring 29 points against Notre Dame, that is something that really should get a lot of people's attention, and she doesn't. But she gets, you know, people who pay attention to ACC women's basketball know who she is, and a lot more people are going to know as she continues to um, build her resume and, and big, hit big shots. She hits big shots all over the place. Um, and she's, she's fun to watch. As I said earlier, Maria Gakdang, she has been freshman of the week for the ACC four times, Probably be five this week. And this just changes the Maria Gekdeng Award. So you're seeing Joanna McNamee build a culture here. You know, last year was an off year. But this year, they're getting right back on schedule. And they're building with these younger players like Gekdeng and Timurin. And they got some other big ones coming up. 
And but this season is it's it's mirroring a lot of what we saw in 2020 when when COVID shut down when they were about to you know they went on a huge run in the ACC tournament I think they made it to uh, the second uh, second to last round and then got knocked off in a good game but you're in a good conference and you're right there battling and I think that's a real good testament to where women's basketball is now. It's going to get a lot harder because next game that they have is against Georgia Tech. They get to play the 18th ranked Georgia Tech team, the team that just beat the 20th ranked UNC team and held them to 35, 38 points. A very good UNC team. So Georgia Tech is excellent on defense. You know, look at some of the scores that they've held teams to. This is going to be a tough game for Boston College because they've been 11-0 and when they've scored 75 points or more. I, I mean, I don't think, I don't believe Georgia Tech has let let up 75 points this season. They have not. So that's going to be a real challenge because they're going to have to play good defense and they're going to have to be able to find their buckets. But mind you, Georgia Tech also has lost to Miami, the same Miami team BC just beat. And Miami held them to 46 points or 45 points, excuse me. So it's a winnable game. It'd be a big one because that would be two straight top 25 wins for BC. That's really building a good resume. So hopefully when BC plays them on Wednesday, this will be a game, or Thursday, excuse me, a seven o'clock game. This will be a game BC maybe could sneak in a big win. So that'll be something to watch. Now, let's turn the tables. Let's look at a team heading completely in the wrong direction. The men's bat hockey team. Now, I know men's hockey has really been the, um, it has been kind of the gold standard for BC sports. You know, you had Jerry York. He's won a whole bunch of championships. They win Hockey East tournaments. It's tournaments. It's a uh, it's hardware season all the time at Boston College men's hockey. But man, oh man, is this team struggling right now? They are now ten and ten with four ties. They are five and seven in conference, and they you know they're on a streak where they lost. Let's look at let's look at their their games since the new year. They lost five to four to UConn. They got swept by UNH. They got absolutely annihilated by Notre Dame eight to two. They got smoked seven nothing by Providence, and then they tied in a shootout and lost. I mean, does that sound like a resume of a team that's going to be going anywhere? I mean, this this at this point, they are they're just like you know they're just like the basketball team at this point, right? They got they have more talent on it. But they need to find something. They need to find something positive, and I don't know what that is. You know, at the beginning of the season, it was McLaughlin, it was McBain, Nikita Nesarenko was playing well. I mean, the goaltending is awful. I mean, it, it, it just this week alone, they let up 15 goals on Friday and Wednesday. That's not going to win you anything. Like, if you're going to let up eight goals to Notre Dame and seven goals to Providence, who are you going to beat? And, you know, they've got... The schedule does not get easier as the season goes on. They get Maine. You know, Maine's not that great. Harvard, pretty good. They play them out well. And then they get, um, they've got UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell always plays BC well. And, it, and then you get Northeastern, UConn, Northeastern, Northeastern, BU, BU, UMass, UMass. The way BC is playing, I wouldn't be surprised if they get one, two wins out of that. If they're going to keep playing the way they're playing and they're losing guys to the Olympics, it's going to be a br- this is going to be one of those seasons where you go wow i can't believe that was bc hockey because they are not playing strong they are not you know they're getting blown out i i mean yeah notre dame's good and providence is good but no bc team should be losing 8 nothing 8 2 7 1 7 nothing doesn't matter they should not be letting up that many points 
This is a this is a team that's really bad right now. They're playing really poorly, and it's it's not looking good. So we'll have to see. You know, their next game is on um, Friday against Maine. They're going up to Orono. Hopefully, they can pull off a win there, and then they go on Tuesday to Harvard. So we'll have to see where that what happens there. Now, in a moment, we get into all the news pieces for the weekend, including Steve Adazio finding another new job. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. It's a new year and a new you, so make par make Built Bar part of your New Year's resolution. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar because it's 100% covered in chocolate and it is delicious. Why would you want to eat a boring protein bar that's chalky, waxy, and just gross when you can pick out a Built Bar and say, mm, this is something I want to eat. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any other candy bar and you're going to see why the Built Bar protein bar is exactly what you need in your day. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, Built Bars taste good and it's good for you. That way when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And they have so many delicious flavors. Now they have the OG flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel milk brownie, and many more. Just check out their, their other offerings on the site. They have limited time offers that you will want to check out. So head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Thank you to everyone who has made Locked On BC your first listen to every day, whether it's walking your dog, making breakfast, in the car on your way to work, or on your way back. Thank you all who have made this part of your daily routine. And if you haven't, I encourage you to. I give you brand new Boston College news five days a week, including interviews, guests, all sorts of good stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else in a daily format. Now, over the weekend, there was a lot of news. So let's get into the uh, transfer portal first. Ezekiel Teed, I hope Ty Eed, I hope I get his name right. A wide receiver entered the transfer portal. He was more of a scout team guy, so I don't think this is all that big of a deal. Um, I know Jeff Halfway spoke really highly of him. He came here from Canada and was a quarterback. I, they moved him around all over the place to try to find him. And I know he really kind of opened some eyes with the staff during the spring, but really didn't really play all that much. Um, but so good luck to him. Hopefully he finds a new spot in another system. Last week we reported uh, Pete Thamel's news that uh, Frank Signetti was going to head to Pitt. We had waited all week. He had not announced it officially, and then over the weekend he did. So he's over. He's heading on to Pitt. We have not heard any news about Boston College's offensive coordinator. Really haven't heard any buzz about it. Now, depending on who you talk to, you heard internal candidates, external candidates. I, I mean, no, no word yet. No. Um, no real buzz about who they could be going after. So we'll have to wait and see if I, you, if there's any news, we will make sure to tell you first here at Lockdown BC or at bcbulletin.com. So make sure to check out both to get all your information on who the next offensive coordinator will be. Now, speaking of ex-coaches at Boston College, let's look at Steve Adazio, who only took two weeks and he's already got a new job. Now, you know, Steve Adazio was fired from Colorado State after two miserable seasons with the Rams. And he's now going to be Jimbo Fisher's 
offensive line coordinator at Texas A&M. Now, I know many of you are going to go, what? Why are they hiring this bozo? Now, off the field stuff excluded, I don't know what he's going to be like in that roster, in that locker room. I don't care. I'm just talking X's and O's here. Yes, if he was going to be a coach, a head coach, or an offensive coordinator anywhere, I would have said it was a bad move. He can't coach, as we've seen at Boston College at Colorado State. He's not a good in-game coach. Offensive coordinator, I mean, you go back to Florida, but you can, you know he had his hand into everything in the offensive coordinator side at BC, too. So that would have been bad. What he can do, what Steve Adazio is good at, is coaching an offensive line. Now, I can make all sorts of jokes about him and make fun of his press conferences and joke all about him, but I cannot, I cannot disrespect his work with the offensive lines. I mean, he's the guy that saw Zion Johnson at Davidson and brought him here to make him one of the best guards in the country. I mean, that's good, uh, you know, good eyeballs, all eyeballing there. He brought in Chris Lindstrom. I know he was a a, um, a legacy, but he made him one of the best guards in the country. I mean, whatever he did with the rest of the, the team doesn't matter if he's just coaching offensive lines and he's going to get all sorts of blue chip recruits from Texas A&M, like, you know, the top guys in the country. So you better believe Steve Adazio will be a good coach there. So, you know, all the jokes aside, cause I love to rip on him. I think this is a great move by Texas A&M. I think Jimbo Fisher knocked this out of the park. I think this was a great hire and what he does on the recruiting trail will, will also be worth seeing. Cause I don't know how he's going to connect uh, from that perspective, but I think he'll do pretty well. But we'll see how we how it handles there at Texas A&M. Um, more football news over the weekend. The Green Bay Packers got knocked out, and two BC players got some bad news. First, before the game even started, Isaac Yadam was released. Now he was a cornerback from Boston College in the late 2010s, and he you know he was traded all over the place. He started with the Broncos, went to the Giants, ended up at Green Bay this year. Um, got got released. I'm sure Green Bay probably could have used him on some of that special team stuff that happened in the end of that game, but he's gone. And then A.J. Dillon, who played in the game and scored the only touchdown that Green Bay scored, uh, also broke a rib. And so <laughs> all my all my best wishes to A.J. That does not sound fun. So um, he it sounded like even if Green Bay won that game, whether he played in the next game would have been kind of put up to question. So uh, some bad news for BC Sports there. And finally, uh, a kind of a mixed sports news uh, piece here. As Jalen Williams, a defensive back for Boston College, who was a freshman this year, um, had his first track meet. He apparently is now an athlete on the track and field team and set a school record held for 20 years with a 6.91 and a 6.85 in the finals, finishing fourth in the battle in Beantown. Now, if you've listened to Jeff Halfley talk at press conferences, one of the things that he's stressed, especially on the defensive side, is speed. When you have a defensive back that can break records on in, in track meets, that is a good sign. Now, I said on our on bcbulletin.com, it would be interesting to see BC has some space open at defensive back with Brandon Sebastian going to the NFL and Sean Asbury transferring to Old Dominion. Now, the guys that are coming in after him, we don't know yet. And, you know, Jalen Williams has speed, but maybe he's not good in coverage. I don't know. I You know, t- practices have been basically closed, so it's hard to tell. But maybe he's a name to watch for this spring as someone that catches Jeff Halfley's attention. Regardless, 
exciting news, and it's great to see track and field do well. So congratulations to him. It's his first track event, and he breaks a record. So this is AJ Black. We'll be back tomorrow to recap the BC and Wake Forest game and give you any offensive coordinator news or anything breaking in football. Thank you all for listening, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow the podcast at LockedOnBC. We have all the news and notes that you want at bcbulletin.com. Make sure to jump onto that site whenever you want to get your BC news. Thank you, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.